Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coming up on today's episode, we rank the Jets' top five prospects, plus a mid-July hot take showdown. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Good to have you guys uh, back on the podcast. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki joining us once again. Tyson, how are we doing today? Good job, by the way, hosting the previous episode. Um, some hijinks prevented Tyson from hosting this one, but you'll uh, you'll get your shot coming up in the next few. But uh, how how are we doing today? Good. I'm doing very good. It was a lot of lot of fun, and yeah. Doing good. Nice. <laughs> good. Maybe, maybe figure out a few more words the next time you host an episode. <laughs> um, just quickly here, and, and you know, for those that don't know, Tyson, aspiring, I mean, already uh, sports broadcaster with CJOB, aspiring broadcaster. Um, pro tip for you, quite possibly the worst thing to do before you go on air is eat. Um, to kind of maximize that deficiency. Maybe avoid eating popcorn before you go on air because I am absolutely destroying what's left of the giant bag of Costco popcorn um, in my house right now. And good, I am. It's a good thing I'm not a heavy eater then. I, I have this weird yeah. thing where, with at work where I just, no matter, even like no matter where I've worked, I've never liked eating like at a desk. Like I, I just find it, I just find it weird and people are walking by and they're like looking at me and I'm looking at them with a mouthful of food and it's, I'm not a big fan of it. I'll oh, eat good. at home. I'll, 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 I'll pick out at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably the best way to go about it. I mean, if you, if you're in a morning show, things change pretty quickly, but um, yeah, this, this popcorn, it's, it's Chicago, you know, Chicago style popcorn. Oh yeah, of course. Are you like your team Chicago all the way? Oh yeah. I love, I love both of them. It's the per- it's the perfect mix. It shouldn't be, but it is the perfect mix. It's so yeah. damn good. I used All to right. not like the cheddar part of it, honestly, to be honest. And then I and then I kind of came around to it. My yeah, move is each. Well, my, each my move is it's two cheddar, one caramel. It's like the perfect salty sweet mix. Okay, I'm good. That I want to try then. I'll try to hold off eating for the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's going to be a short one. We'll see if I can make it happen. 
A couple things to talk about. I mean, it's pretty slow right now being mid-July in the NHL offseason and for the Winnipeg Jets as well. Not a whole lot going on breaking news-wise. But I thought a couple interesting topics we could dive into here. Um, And we'll get to that right away. Before we do that, we usually start off with a little bit of trivia, Tyson. Um, But instead of trivia, everybody's favorite NHL pastime right now continues to be Puck Doku. And I didn't do today's Puck Doku in its entirety. But I was on Winnipeg Sports Talk earlier. and We had a little bit of fun with with one of the categories at, at, at the very least. Um, so I thought we could kind of do like a, an abbreviated Puck Doku here. Have you done today's edition? I have not. Well, very good then, because I, I want to quiz you on one of them to see if you'd be able to come up. with. And I'll give Remus, Michael Remus credit for this. He came up with an absolute beauty for one of these. Um, and it is Winnipeg Jets related. So I just wanted to see if you'd be able to come up with it here. Um, so before we go into the teams and stuff, one of the categories is... 100 penalty minutes in a single season, okay? Oh, boy. (laughs) And the three teams for that are Carolina, Anaheim, and Columbus. Okay? Now, I was pretty quick in figuring out all three. And a a couple of them were were beauties. Remus had the best one by far, though. Um, Do you want to get a – did a Carolina one pop to your head? That was the one that kind of stumped everybody. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with Carolina. For Columbus, you said Columbus, right? Yeah. Columbus popped into my head pretty quickly. Was it Jody Shelley? No. Jared Bull? No. What? Who do you think? Derek Dorsett. Oh, did he? I, I, I would assume so. He was okay, that's not who I picked. Let's put it. Oh, you're good call pace. All right. I had, I had, I mean, I love Jody Shelley, so I had Shelley in there pretty quickly. Uh, Dorsett's a 10%er. Good job. Uh, for Carolina, I don't know how I thought of this so quickly, but just go back to Hartford, baby. And if you go back to Hartford, Brandon Shanahan pops into the head right away. So we threw Shanahan in there. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean, only 3% because I think people forget that you can go all the way back to the Whalers. But the Anaheim Ducks one, can you think of a Jet-related Anaheim Duck 100 PIM guy? The 2.0 or 1.0? Technically 2.0. But he never played. For the Jets? Never played for the Jets. But there's a connection. Big connection. How about how about the man Bieksa? with the mic? How about the man with the mic? Bieksa? No, no, no. He doesn't have a Winnipeg Jet connection. Who who, well, who, has, a headset, who has a headset on for Jets games? <laughs> you can't be serious right oh, now. Oh, Kevin Sawyer. Kevin Sawyer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, That's right. <laughs> That's just terrible. My God. Um, yeah, Kevin Sawyer. Remo picked that one up right off the bat, and Sawyer's a point two percenter. There were people that actually guessed a lot of. That's a lot of people that guessed Kevin Sawyer. Yeah, um, that's great. I would thought for sure that would be a zero, but that is yeah, that's a big time pull. And if you check out his hockey DB page, uh, the man could rack up the pims in very little games, and he did that. He he cracked a hundred a couple times. 
they probably there's probably a few good stories in there as to how he got to 100 pims um but that's pretty good by us there i, I would say shanahan dorsett and uh kevin sawyer i guess it's just over uh, under 15 percent there so solid job i won't go into the rest of the uh, the, the crew there because we'll kind of be doing this for for way too long there but i just wanted to see if you'd pick up sawyer um as the Anaheim Duck representative there, but you couldn't pull it off. I was worried you were going to say Timu, which would have just been way worse than, you know, not, not grabbing <laughs> Sawyer right off the bat. The, um, the guy that I thought of was Perry for Anaheim, but I don't know if he actually got 100 pins or not. I will look that up. Yeah, You would think. <laughs> right. Think, that's what you know, and I, I, I was going to do a sneak job with Pierre-Luc Dubois for Columbus. But it was actually Winnipeg that he got his 100 penalty minute season, which for Jets fans would not be all that surprising. Oh, we're going to miss. We're going to miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to take the back breaking penalties now? Who's going to do it? All right. Well, let's move on here, Tice. We'll talk a little more actual Jet stuff here. And I mean, this one kind of is a continuation of our previous episode. Uh, that being the recap of Winnipeg Jets prospect and development camp. You know, now's not now's not a bad time to get into this since we don't have a whole lot else to talk about, but I thought it would be neat to rank the Jets' top five prospects. We won't go too deep, do a top ten or anything like that, but I thought the top five is is pretty interesting considering who the Jets have most recently selected, Colby Barlow, compared to the other big names all having very strong either seasons as a whole or strong ends to the season as well. So I just thought it would be interesting to see where these guys rank and, and set apart and maybe who you're highest on in terms of the future for the Winnipeg Jets. So I don't know if you've got your ranking all set up or if you want me to go first, or do we want to unveil starting with number one? You want to do pick by pick? Let's do that. Let's go number one. For me, it was pretty simple, but I think a lot of other people actually, and I did see on Twitter actually that there was some poll, I forget who initiated it, but a lot of people right after Colby Barlow was selected had Colby Barlow as the Jets' new top-ranked prospect. Take that for what it's worth. Me though, number one, I got to go Brad Lambert, big bad Brad, and his WHL playoff heater. I think for me, catapults him to the number one spot on the Winnipeg Jets prospect pool. Yeah, and I have to agree with you too. But with Brad Lambert, like for my prospect rankings, like I kind of take into I think skill level and then also projectability too, right? Like there's because obviously not everyone's going to be a first line forward or number or top pairing defenseman, and so yeah, like I go with Brad Lambert. I mean, it's just the the wheels, the the skill. There's just no one else. There's, there's not a lot of teams that have a guy like Brad Lambert in their prospect in general in the NHL. So I think you got to go with Brad Lambert. It's just a, such a dynamic talent. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, he didn't do well in the AHL, but it's very, very important to remember. Like, 18-year-olds generally don't have success in the AHL. 18-year-olds selected at the end of the first round never have success then. So it's it, it really was to be expected that there would be a decent amount of struggles for him uh, playing with the Moose. But, I mean, it's not easy as well to just all of a sudden go from playing against men to going cross-country to a brand-new team with brand-new teammates and then trying to get acclimated to a club that has their sights set on a championship and a Memorial Cup run. 
And for him to basically step right in and borderline be Seattle's best player right from the get-go, I, I think that was damn impressive. And then for him to go bananas on that playoff run and to do it down the middle, that to me is really the ultimate differentiator for, for him compared to the other guys is that however realistic it might be, there is a chance that he can be a centerman for the Jets one day. I don't think you can say that about any of the other Jets prospects that we have inside the top five years. So that that's a big, big, big one for me. And I agree in terms of high-end ceiling, to me, Lambert blows the other ones away. Um, I think there's good prospects still, but to me, Lambert's the only one that can reach all-star to maybe a little bit more than that level that the club has right now. Um, so we both got Big Bad Brad at number one. Number two, I'm intrigued to see who you have there, Tice. With my number two pick for the prospect pool, I went with Colby Barlow. Ah, me too. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but and which is interesting because I I'd seen a lot like a lot of the prospect rankings have Rutger as the number two guy, and I and I also love Rutger. Like he, to me, Rutger is the most likely to be an NHL player out of any prospect that the Jets have right now. What what role he's going to play, that's still to be seen. But I think that without a doubt, he's an NHL player and he's got captain material written all over him too. But Colby Barlow, to me, it's just the combination with that shot that he has. And everyone kind of likes to harp on his shooting a little, or I mean, he's skating a little bit, sorry, but his skating's really not that bad. And it's getting... No, he's, it's he's getting, just not a... He's not a bur- he doesn't skate like Lambert, which doesn't right. mean he's a bad skater. And the improvements that he's made in his skating over the past couple of years is there's still... Re- like he can still improve on it as like there's still room to grow and and got uh, gain a couple more pounds of muscle and but you can't teach that shot and and even with that shot the thing that i love most about his goal scoring ability is that he puts himself in the in, a, in good spots to score goals there's some guys who rely too much on their wrist shot or their slap shot as the only way of beating the goaltender and that might get by in juniors because the the goalies just aren't aren't as good. But once you get to the NHL, you you can't just have only a shot. You need to you need to be able to 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 take that shot and move around bodies. Like there's guys blocking shots, putting yourselves in positions where you can take a good shot. Because there's sometimes where you can be in the right spot, but you get once the puck comes to you, you're not in a good spot to shoot the puck. So I, I, he's just got a knack for scoring goals, and that's why I, that's why I put him at second. And I think that. I'd be shocked. It's kind of this is kind of a hot take, but I'd be shocked if he wasn't a twenty goal scorer in the NHL at minimum. And I think I think oh, he's no, very. No, no. I, I don't think that's. I think that's lukewarm at best. Well, I, I was I was gonna go a little higher and say I'd be surprised if he didn't score thirty in his career. Okay, there we go. Now, now, now the water's getting a little warm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 I think the Jets hit a home run with the pick. You know, I, I, I just don't see a whole lot of negativity around his game. And I, I think, you know, skating, it's fine. Like it's, it's going to be okay. And I, every, the more I watch him play, the more he reminds me of Tyler Toffoli and Tyler Toffoli in terms of like a scale of one to 10 as to how good of a skater you look like Toffoli would be a one and a half. Like he chops around out there, but he gets, he gets the job done, right? Like there's some guys that are ugly skaters, but they know where to go. And they get there just fast enough, and that's good enough. And I think that's what Colby Barlow is going to be. He's probably a better skater than that, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be like a 80-90 point guy. 
I, that's the only reason I would have him below Lambert. I don't, yeah. I don't anticipate Lambert getting to that, but I think he's the only one that could get to that. So that's the differentiator for me. So we got Lambert, Barlow, number three for me, Tice. I'm going to go with Mr. McGordy. Agree or disagree? Yeah, you're right. It does kind of suck, but I I do agree. <laughs> okay, so then are we both in agreement that Chaz Lucius is number four? No. Okay, so let's go right there. Because I have Lucius at four, and then kind of in between Salmonson and Dmitry Ryshevsky, but I'll I'll give Salmonson some love. So I got Lucius four, Salmonson five. How about you? I went Salmonson four, Lucius five. I I love Salmonson's game. I I think he's so he he's, reminds me of a right-handed Kimo Timonen. Oh, okay, easy now. You know how excited <laughs> that's going to get me. <laughs> that's true though. Like he's just he's just a solid solid defenseman. And especially like he he started off the season in the Swedish Junior League for I believe his team I don't know how to say the name Skel Skelefta. Sc- yeah, that's exactly how you pronounce it. <laughs> with, with, off- yeah, with, with the with the like lack of confidence, that's how you say it. <laughs> but he he started off with their junior team, and immediately they were he's too good to be playing for junior this junior team. Five five points in four games for him, and then he, especially over in Europe, you're not as a young guy, you're not going to be getting the minutes that you could be in the junior and the junior leagues there, but they in Europe, they want to mold you, right? They want to gradually bring you along. It's like, the, it's almost, I think Swedish and Finnish leagues are one of the best leagues for developing players because they don't, it's not putting too much on your plate at it like too soon. And I think Salmonson, he just gradually got better as the season got along. And I just, for me, the difference between Lucius and, and Salmonson, if we're going on a pure skill base level, Lucius is clearly, if you're going pure skill, he's probably number two, number two or three in the prospect pool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, me, I, I might, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's the, I mean, just say it. We all know what it is, right, Tice? Yeah, it's his injury history. And it's not just, it's not like it's reoccurring stuff either. It's three different parts of his body where he had major surgeries on. Three seasons and, that have come to an end too early. So it's, yeah, I mean, that 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 to me is the main reason is that, like, if you're getting hurt at the junior AHL level, right? Like, you're, you're getting hurt before you get to the NHL. How likely at this point is it going to be that you're able to survive 82 games, right? Like, I mean, we, we worried about that with Cole Perfetti. Perfetti still was able to get in, what was it, like 60-some-odd games, right? Yeah. But. Right now, unfortunately, Chaz Lucius can't get through 50 or 60 games within matchups against his own peers. And I think that's a completely legitimate concern. Having said that, though, could just like, and this is always the tough thing, right? Like, is it bad luck, which can happen in contact sport? Is it bad luck that he's just getting these, like, is it bad luck he's just getting these injuries that, that happen? And is it bad luck because they kind of happen to different body parts? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's better in a way that it's not, oh, his knee's gone, his knee's gone, his knee's gone. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one of those weird things, right? It's tough to say and how it's all going to play out. But in for, terms for of... Me, sorry, but I just wanted to add quickly. For me, when it's like bones breaking, that's more bad luck. 
Right. Oh, unless of course, like your leg snaps in half, then <laughs> you might career might go downhill a little bit. But like, if you're breaking your wrist, breaking your hand, breaking your foot, those are bad luck injuries. When it's a shoulder injury, an ankle injury, a knee injury, and you're needing and you're needing surgery for all these injuries, like that's where it gets dicey. Yeah, like in terms of projecting out what they're going to be, you can make the case Lucius is step for step with Lambert at, at number one, but. If you're playing 30, 40 games, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to have an impact at the NHL level, let alone if the body's going to be able to withhold and withstand the rigors of a season. And, and, you know, is he going to flame out too early? It's a shame, really, because the Jets Jets made the right pick, right? Like, (laughs) taking him in the middle of the first round there. When he's on the ice, he's a top 10 talent. It's just, you got to stay on the ice, man. Like, you, you got to find a way, and hopefully... Hopefully this is just a case of bad luck and fluke injuries here because um yeah he's he's a talent and that Jets Very forward core the Jets forward core be looking pretty pretty juicy in about 4 or 5 years if all four of those guys can play regularly for the Jets to go along with Perfetti and then at that point crazy to say but a couple 30 plus year old guys and and Connor and Ehlers there um along with Filardi and, and some of the other prospects and regulars that are in the Jets lineup right now but we'll see what happens there but interesting exercise here to see how we see it because I know a lot of people actually have Lucius at number one in their rankings um, just off of the season that he had very briefly in the WHL this past year and a lot of people high on McGordy and Colby Barlow as well and I don't 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 count out big Brad big bad Brad just yet I I think he's uh, I think he's gonna have a pretty special season upcoming here not sure it's gonna be in Winnipeg with the NHL team, but could see him making some noise down there with the moose. And then we see what happens after that. Um, I mean, maybe that in turn to segue here, Tyson could be a part of the final segment of this episode here. Um, and that would be a little hot take showdown <laughs> seen as it's mid July seen as it's hot as hell, pretty much across the planet right now. Why don't we throw down a hot take about the Winnipeg jets at this point of the off season? We do our bold predictions episode a little bit closer, but we've got nothing else to talk about. So why not get into it here? And so we'll just unveil a hot take we have about the Winnipeg Jets right now going into this upcoming season, and then we'll make sure to revisit it. We'll we'll revisit it during our prediction episode, but then we'll also check back in as the season moves along here. Before we get to that, Tice, I asked you this before, so hopefully you came up with an answer. But have you ever had... A hockey hot take that just was so awful didn't oh, pan yeah. out whatsoever. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love the uh, I love the immediacy with that. So so what's because I have one that I thought of that's just it's so horrendous. But like, what would be one of your doesn't have to be Jets related, but just hockey hot takes you've had? Mine goes all the way back to it was before the draft. I it was the 2018 draft. And I had convinced myself in my head. And this isn't just because he was taken by the Flyers. I thought this before he got taken by the Flyers. And I think you can attest to that because I believe I told you. But I thought Yerman Rupsov was going to be like a, a top 20 player in, in the NHL. I thought he was going to be the best player in the draft class. I, thought he, I, I legitimately thought that he was going to be a top three player in the draft class. And I don't even, I think he played maybe one or two games in the NHL. 
That's rough. <laughs> I guarantee you, everybody listening has no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Every like no idea. Like you could have just completely made somebody up. The only the only good piece from that is if he did play for the Flyers, that's a legendary puck doku pick. So keep that in mind, people. That's the only good bit that can come out he, of that pause. I don't think he played for another team, though. <laughs> oh, right, right. I guess that's the other stipulation is that you have, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, th- yeah. Thanks, he was Ron a part, He was a part of the Claude Giroux trade, though. Awesome. Great. <laughs> another waste, another wasted pick by Ron Hextall, the uh, draft guru that was supposed to send the Flyers into um, a new stratosphere of success, which we're still waiting for. Maybe sometime soon. Uh, mine is maybe not that embarrassing, but it's pretty rough. Uh, it's it, it's pretty close. Um, I and I don't know why I remember this one specifically. But maybe it's because I don't tweet a lot, but I made a point to tweet it, which makes it even more hilarious. <laughs> but I was absolutely convinced to the point that I tweeted out after about his seventh or eighth game as an NHLer that uh, Justin Schultz was going to win many Norris trophies with the Edmonton Oilers. Oh. I couldn't like, It was like, it was, uh, people weren't even chirping. It was just like, oh yeah, this is such an easy, this, this, this Schultz guy. And I don't know if people remember this, but he was like one of the highly touted college players before coming out and making his debut at the NHL level. And he came out and he had like five points in four games. And I was just watching one of the games. He had a great game. I was like, this, we, we, we got ourselves Adam Fox on our hands right here. Like, Adam Fox is going to be Justin Schultz 2.0. Didn't quite play out that way. I feel like Schultz was like, that was the last time there was like a legitimate sweepstakes for a college free agent. Hey, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was Schultz or. What, maybe VC. Yeah, VC is what I was thinking of. One of like I don't know who was first, who was second, but that yeah, there hasn't been one in a while, has there? No, it's uh, there's college. Free agent, but I mean, yeah, Schultz he... was the number one D man for a cup winning team, though. To be fair, by default, but yeah, he he did play very good for Pittsburgh. So I I, I had somewhat redeemed myself a little bit there. There's no, I mean, Yerman Rupsov. I don't even know what nationality he is to be honest. I mean, <laughs> Who know? Who, I don't know if he's top twenty player in any league on the planet right now, let alone the yeah, NHL. He's not. Yeah, I, he I, is. I just remember watching like I because I used to go like when I was that was would have been I would have been like eighteen there, and I wasn't. I mean, I was in school, but kind of I was kind of in school, so I just Drop spent out. pretty much all my time just watching hockey highlights, and then I said, so I was so into the draft, and I I was watching. I like looked at him, I was like this. This Rupsov guy, he's he's insane, and he's only ranked like twenty sixth. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be the steal of the draft. And I was telling, I was te- I told so many people that too. And yeah, oh good, <laughs> That's people, good. It's a good thing people just forgot forgot about him though. So, well, I am very very fascinated, Tyson, to see what you do for an encore here. Um, may- maybe stay away from making a hot take about the Jets prospects so people don't get <laughs> devastated that you ruined the career of their favorite future star. But maybe um, I jinxed, maybe I like did a good jinx on Lucius. Okay. Like the maybe. reverse jinx. Yeah. Reverse jinx. Okay. Maybe let's hope so. Um, but just one, we, we just need one here. We'll, we'll call it quits for the week. Uh, but what, as of right now, July 13th, what is your hot take about the Winnipeg Jets going into this upcoming season? The Jets finished bottom 10 in the league. Ooh, 
I love it. So I'm now, sorry. Is, is that is that based off of you think Hellebuck and Shifley are going to be moved out, or just not believing in the group they have right now? Uh, if that's it's a combination of both. But but you do think they're going to trade both those guys? Yeah, I think they'll okay. have to once they get to January and playoffs are nowhere in sight. I just it's it's the same team as last year with and you you just swapped out Dubois for Velarde and. I follow like I, I yeah we okay. we learned Dubois for I follow right, right yeah like I just okay that does nothing like <laughs> your defense is still not very good your bottom six isn't very good like your fourth line still completely devoid of offense and yeah it's the fourth line but and you lost a guy a top six center and who do you replace him with a guy like Velarde might play center, and he, but he's got his injury history. I just, I really don't see how this Jets team is. I don't see how they're better than the team last year. I, there's no way. I mean, I mean, yeah, the only way would be addition by subtraction, right? That, and we'll see what happens with the other two guys and and where that because that can completely change everything here. But I'll tell you what, Tyson, I I don't know. I don't know if I, it's funny. I don't know if I would agree with that sentiment, but if I had to bet money on the Jets being a bottom 10 team or one closer to the 10, 11, 12 range, might lean a little bit more towards the bottom 10 at this point. But it's it's so tough to say too with without knowing exactly what the status of Connor Hellebuck is going to be. Like that's, I mean, Shifley is one thing and, and that's going to be a massive Swing in either direction if he stays or if he goes, but Hellebuck truly can just determine whether this season is a write-off or whether they have any aspirations of of competing for a playoff spot. My hot take, Tyson, I'll be a little more positive um, since you're negative Nancy pants here this episode. I'm going to say we see a Winnipeg Jet crack. No, 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 no. I'm going to say we see... A Winnipeg Jet set the single season point record for the club. Oh, okay. Kyle and I'll Connor. go down. I'll go. I'll go down to the well that everybody goes down here, and I think I think Nikolai Ehlers does it. Oh, that's all right. I th- I think we see. I think we see Nikki make a run at a hundred points this year. I think, and I really think it's almost solely off the fact that Blake Wheeler isn't here anymore don't take this to be, you know, concrete information or anything like that. But there's, there's a part of me that believes that we'll just see a more relaxed and confident Nikolai Ehlers out there on the ice right now without having to look over his shoulder for, for number 26 to be there. I, I, I think the fact that he's going to get more ice time, which is first and foremost the most important thing this team can do for him, I think the fact that he's going to be getting 20 minutes a night pretty much regularly is going to be the big one there. But I, I just think we're going to see a free, expressive, energetic, maybe even quasi-leader emerge on this team out of Nikolai Ehlers. And whether it's with Velarde down the middle, whether it's with Shifley down the middle, whether it's Cole Perfetti shocking us all and being that guy, I, I don't really care all that much. I, I think 
I think we're going to see the best of Nikolai Ehlers this season. And I, I yeah, triple digit isn't out of the question for me. I'm not going to go that outlandish, but I'll say that he does just enough. I think it was Cal Connor that set the record, right? With his 47 goal season, whatever it was yeah. there. Uh, I think he had 93 points, if, if memory serves me correct. I could look it up, but I won't. Um, I, I think I think we see Nikki top that this year. Would love to see him get to 100. And if he does that, I wonder if that means a Jets playoff berth or not. Like That's, I wonder if he can get 100 points and the Jets still miss the playoffs this year. I mean, if he gets 100 points and the Jets make the playoffs, he should be he should be in the running for the heart. Like, yeah, non-McDavid division. Yeah, it should be like a top five heart candidate. They might have it. People keep saying, like, you should have a best offensive defenseman. Like, da, 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 da. We need to have a non-McDavid heart trophy every year. <laughs> like, that that might have to be the new thing. <laughs> the Honda, it's it's going to be like LeBron. The, the voters are just going to get voter fatigue and just stop voting for him, even though he should win. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I don't, it, I, they didn't get sick of voting for Gretzky all those years, though. That's the only thing. So we'll 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 see. We'll see if it happens there. I just, mean. just quick, you did mention uh, Nikolai Ehlers becoming a leader, and I just wanted to add that you look. You go back to all the post game media availabilities. He for the games that he played. Like out of all the games that he played, I he was in front of the media the most. It wasn't and, and always always like. I don't want to say self-critical, but there was always a lot of, you know, I could be better. I like, we like, right. It was, it was never anything throwing anybody under the bus or anything like that. It was, it was always, you know, I, I should have done this. I could have done that to help the team win. Right. Like more, more what you would expect to hear out of somebody that's wearing a letter on their chest. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It wasn't Kyle Connor. It wasn't Mark Shifley. Wasn't even Blake Wheeler. Wasn't Dubois. It was Nikolai Ehlers, and I think that maybe that tells you a lot about that the core that seems to be more on their way out than they are staying. That will be intriguing to see, Tice, if Shifley's moved out, and if it's for say you know some part of the future, whether they play or not is irrelevant to this point. We all assume that Morrissey and Lowry are going to be in some combination a C and an A, but I wonder who that third A would be. And I want. I wonder if Bones would give Nikki any love for that. Maybe it's. I mean, we can talk about this when it happens. We're going to cap the episode off here. I mean, you have Nino Niederreiter too, the uh, unofficial mayor of Winnipeg. So <laughs> if, you, if you want to throw him in, I'd be totally cool with that. I think. If, I think if Brendan Dillon stuck around too, I think he would be pretty high up there. Yeah. The, yeah. There's. There's a few. Like there's a few vet guys, right? Like Dillon. I mean, even Schmidt to a degree. Like seems like a good guy in the locker room. Um, yeah, Nino would obviously be a great one there as well. There's maybe one or two other guys that you could point to that, you know, would probably fill that role well. But I, I always wonder, you know, a guy that maybe never has been thought of that way, you throw a letter on his chest and, and maybe, maybe you get something you don't necessarily expect out of him. And, and he, and he reaches a new level in a few different ways, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when, and if it does actually come to fruition, um, it will be a bit of a, a talking point Tyson either way. Because um, we'll, we'll see if the Jets name a captain officially uh, for this upcoming season and then who the rest of the leadership group is. But that will be a conversation closer to August. We still got July to go through here. So we'll uh, we'll worry about that a little bit later. Uh, but that's where we'll wrap up the episode and where we will wrap up the week as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. 
with CJOB's Tyson Rewicki once again. We'll get back at it on Tuesday morning. God, let's hope we got some breaking news to get into, some trade talk, anything. Anything to help us through the rest of July here. Whatever it is, though, whether it's breaking news or we try to figure out a way to uh, make the dog days of July go a bit quicker, uh, we'll be at it bright and early for you guys on Tuesday morning. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe and have a great time, everybody. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Peace.